Welcome to Sheesh Fit, a celebration of good health and an examination of holistic fitness. I'm your host, Ashish Thomas. When it comes to training the biceps, the general movement is elbow flexion and supination of the forearm. And when I say supination, I mean turning the forearm so that the palms of your hands are up. That part is crucial to targeting the biceps because when you're using a pronated grip, which is the opposite of supination, you're hitting your forearms more. When you have a neutral grip, you're hitting the brachialis. So in this episode, I want to focus solely on supinated exercises, but the other grips do have a place in arm training. There are a lot of supinated curling variations, which makes it hard to choose one. If you directly train the biceps more than once a week, then it's good to choose different exercises to stimulate the muscle in different ways. A common example is a barbell curl paired with dumbbell curls. The difference between these two exercises is that the barbell curl keeps the hands in a supinated position, while the dumbbell curl involves the grip changing from neutral to supinated as the weight is curled up. The dumbbell is better for supination, but the barbell can allow you to lift heavier weights. So there are a lot of different exercises you can choose from, and you should really experiment and switch things up from time to time. You don't have to restrict yourself to dumbbells and barbells either. You can use cables and bands and even do something like a close grip chin up to work the biceps. Other things you can do are play with the rep ranges as well as the incline on the bench if you're doing the exercises on the bench. Personally, I train the biceps in the middle to high rep range around 10 to 15 reps, but there's a lot of variety in what people respond best to. With all that said, for this episode, I'm going to focus on the dumbbell and barbell and different exercises you can do with them, just because most of us have access to that equipment. To start, as I said, training the biceps with the dumbbells is important because dumbbells allow for switching the wrist from a neutral to a supinated position. Performing the dumbbell curl is very simple, no matter what variation you're using, but it's also easy to mess up, especially if you aren't being disciplined about your form. When you grip the dumbbells, place your hands closer to the front end. Doing this forces a greater range of supination while you curl and works your biceps more. As you curl your arms, you want to minimize stress on your shoulder, elbow, and wrist joints. So don't roll your wrists up as you pull the dumbbell. Also, don't allow your shoulders and elbows to sway. Your elbows should stay locked to your sides. When you move the weight up, naturally supinate and get your hands facing the ceiling at the top of the movement. When you bring the weight down, lock out your bicep and straighten your elbows to complete the range of motion and get the weight to a full stop. By doing this, you stop yourself from using momentum to pull the weight up for the next rep. If you can't consistently do this whole movement without keeping your joints from swaying, then consider switching to a lower weight. A little sway is natural, but make sure the shoulders aren't taking over the movement. And remember, the goal isn't to lift the most weight possible. The goal is to squeeze the bicep and focus on isolating it. Now when it comes to the hundreds of different variations of this movement, I want to start by saying that I prefer being in a seated position over standing. I like doing that because it forces me not to cheat and use leg drive. It's quite a bit harder to lift the weight when you're stable to a bench. I also like curling both hands at the same time instead of doing one at a time. Now you can certainly do one at a time, but you should finish all the reps for one arm and then go to the other arm. Don't lift one arm and then the other and then the first one again and so on. 
What that does is allow you to rest each arm for an extended period of time, which reduces the time under tension. Another thing to note is the incline on the bench. You can do this exercise in a traditional seated position, but to optimize the movement, you should do it in an incline. When you're at an incline, you maximize the stretch at the bottom because your arms are stretched in a position where they're behind your body. This can make a significant difference in how much tension you put in the bicep during the eccentric. So those are some dumbbell variations. You can also use a barbell. Doing that doesn't involve twisting your wrist from a neutral to a supinated position, but it allows you to move a lot more weight. If you find that your wrists have pain when using a barbell, try using an easy bar if you have access to one. This bar doesn't force you to use a fully supinated grip. It's between a neutral and supinated grip. Due to the fact that there's less supination, the bicep loses work. It's a trade-off, but it shouldn't matter if it helps you avoid wrist pain. Your performance increases when you lose pain, and your long-term wrist health will improve. Now when you lift, start with your elbows locked out and slightly in front of your hips. By putting your arms slightly forward, you keep tension on the biceps throughout the entire movement, including when you have the arms down. And after you get into that position, simply lift up with your biceps, just like how I discussed with the dumbbells, but without the supination. Again, don't use your other muscles to cheat the movement. When you lift up, think about lifting through your pinky and index finger as that puts the wrist in a more supinated position. You should go to full flexion and you know you're high enough when you're at the point where going higher will cause your shoulders to move. Keep in mind that the grip width does matter slightly. Although your bicep will be what is worked most no matter how far the hands are from each other, the farther you are, the more the short head is worked, and the closer you are, the more the long head is worked. For both dumbbell and barbell curls, cheat curls are something that can be included after you reach failure, since at that point, you're just trying to squeeze out a few remaining reps. You should still control the eccentric if you're doing cheat curls though. Most muscle growth comes from the eccentric portion of the lift. Cheat curls can actually be a good exercise on their own if you control the eccentric. You can go really heavy and explode on the concentric, getting help from your other muscles by cheating. Then you can control the eccentric. By doing this, you overload the eccentric portion of the lift. Your forces slow down the motion of a heavy weight that you wouldn't be able to strictly curl. Just keep in mind that your upper body will have to be tilted slightly forward so that you can use momentum to bring the bar up. When your body does go up, make sure it doesn't go back farther than your normal vertical position. You shouldn't be curving backward because that will lead to injury. One last thing I want to mention is something that has been helping me a lot recently with making progress, and that is myo rep match sets. To do this, do one straight set, let's say you get 25 reps. Then for your second set, you go till failure and let's say you get 18 reps. Instead of finishing the set there, you rest for a few seconds and then go up to 25. For the last set, you get 15 reps, you rest for a few seconds, and then you lift until you fail at 20. You rest again, and then you hit 25. The goal is to hit the same amount of reps for each set. This is going to amp up your volume like crazy and challenge your biceps even more. But yeah, that's bicep training. The core movement is the same, but there's a lot of variation in how you can execute that movement. The key is to experiment and do what works best for you.